Our reading for today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the, on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O ye, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But if you had to give your perspective on this very biblical miracle about what happens and what it's all about, is that what would you say the important reality is that we are to take away? Then the midst of this very word of God to us, of this amazing miracle of Christ walking on water and rescuing Peter, what is to be that focus? So tell me if you've heard that sermon before, that you need to be more like Peter, that get out of that boat in faith and trust and faith, that very gift of knowing that all of that fear, all of that worry, all of that stuff that is leaving you back there, you just need to hop on out and trust that Jesus is going to be there with you. I hate to point it out, Peter does begin to sink. <laughs> So if you are one of those that are ready to let's hop on out of the boat, unfortunately there's something that comes. But the fact is, is that many times there's even a different sermon on this story. Be better than Peter. You need to believe harder, trust more, look deeper into all of this, is that you need to put that focus on Jesus so firmly, so strongly. Just as you laser in and all of that rest of everything, the worry and the fear and the cares just simply fade away as you focus on Him alone that you can truly live by faith. You just need to believe. Now, have you heard that sermon before? <laughs> now, where's the perspective in the midst of these? Where are you in the midst this account. See, so often we put ourselves right there at the center, right there in the midst of things. Now, sure enough, if we find ourselves anywhere within this account, we are connected with Peter. <laughs> but what kind of perspective should we take? In the midst of this, we so often have this perspective painted for us by so many artists before that there is Jesus somewhere in the distance, a little bit off, 
maybe off to the side, but what is right there front and center but Peter? Taking that step out of that boat, taking that step of faith, that Peter is right there in the midst and Jesus is somehow just kind of pushed off to the side. But is that what this miracle is about? That you, you need to believe harder, do more, trust deeper. You need to just believe. See, the fact is that too often I think that we see this as some courageous moment of Peter. <laughs> Look at this kind of fearless faith that just steps on out. Yeah, he has a little bit of problems, but he was the one that got out. He said, I don't know about you, but this past week as I researched and as I looked and as I looked into all of these things, there was one resource that I came upon, one that was done by a former professor of mine at the seminary that was just too good, something too powerful for me that I'm going to try my best to just go ahead and represent that. <laughs> Why? Because I needed to hear it. And maybe you needed to hear it as well. See, the fact is, is that so many paintings and pictures point us right there to the center. But the fact is, is there is one artist that has taken such a different perspective on this very text that it can only put us exactly where we need to be. Not those as a third-party observer off there observing what is happening and seeing what is taking place. But it puts us right there in the midst of Peter and what he now sees. Not as him who is looking out and is simply focusing on Jesus as he takes those first steps that are there. Not even taking that perspective of Peter now looking down at his feet as the waves begin to crash and everything begins to make him simply worry. But the artist of Young Sung Him in his painting entitled The Mighty Hand of God, puts us right where we need to be. Right there with Peter under the water. There we find ourselves sinking down in the midst of things and we can't help but look up. Here is Jesus still walking on the water and all that we can see is that mighty hand indeed plunging down into those waters as Peter begins to flail and grasp and grab, trying to grab a hold of anything and everything that might simply save his life. You may remember from those days as a child learning to swim, that fear when you get away from the side and you can't touch and you can't grab and there is nothing that is there. But what happens here? That mighty hand of God reaches down and grabs and takes a hold of Peter and makes him his own. That this artwork not only accomplishes that imagery of putting us there, but that is exactly what Matthew tries to do for us today in this very account. 
showing that just as Peter found himself in the midst of the wavering and the worrying in a prayer life that was simply being bounced back and forth, that though we find ourselves drowning in our prayers, that we are graciously being saved. This is that very place that Peter and the other disciples now come out into this lake, that they have been fighting for hours against the wind, against the wave, against the rain, trying to get to the other side. These experienced fishermen have seen it all before, but never have they seen someone walk out and join them. Therefore, when they see this sight, they cry out in fear and terror like no other fishermen could before. But what is it that Jesus brings? Not only does he have the power to walk out of the midst of their problems and issues and join them, but what does he then do? That not only does he walk out into their problems, but he gives them the very assurance that he cries out, it is I, and he surrounds that with the very promises that are there. Take heart, do not be afraid, it is I. He surrounds it with the very assurances and promises that it is Him, so there is no reason to be afraid, there is no reason to doubt, no reason to question, and that's when Peter speaks. But how many saw Peter's charge here? His words, Lord, call me out onto the water, as that great confession of faith. Lord, if it's you, just let me come and see. This is a conditional statement. If it's really you, and let's, for the sake of argument, let's just say that it really is, then I need to see, then I need to know. He didn't say, since it is you, Lord. Since I know it to be, I know that this is possible. No, what does he say? If it is you. How many of you have ever said those if it is you prayers? That if it is you, Lord, then why is this happening? That if you are real, Lord, And if you love me and care for me the way that you say, then why is this happening to me, Lord? That, Lord, if you want me to have the blessed of my life and the very care as your child, then why is this happening? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why is my loved one sick? Why am I going through this job loss or this problem or this pain? That why don't you do? That if it is you, then just prove it, then just show it. That this is not a courageous confession of Peter. This is just another challenge of one who demands that Jesus show him the proof, give him the evidence to show him that if you are the Son of God, then show me. 
that in so many ways we might join Peter in that very place where we are buffeted between the waves when we find ourselves simply being tossed about, not knowing what to do or what to exactly ask for, but we know that we must turn to him, but we wonder how he will answer. Like how James puts it in his letter. That if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind here and there. And doesn't this very world toss us here and there? That that phone call that can all of a sudden change the very direction of our day. Doctor's appointment that can suddenly change how our week is going. The pains or the problems or just simply the things that simply build up and stack up as all of them begin to weigh us down and we are tossed this way and that of where should we turn and what shall we do if you, if it is you, Lord, then? And why don't you act? That's what's so amazing about this account. That's what's so amazing about what Jesus does. Here is Peter demanding evidence, demanding that very proof. And what does Jesus do? He invites him to come. He invites him to come to him. Now, where have we heard this language before? Of if it is you. That if you are the Son of God, then turn these stones into bread. If you are who you say that you are, if you are the Son of God, then throw yourself off this temple and show them who you are. That the words of Satan are once again found on the lips of the closest disciples of our Lord. And how does Jesus respond? He does not rebuke. He does not bluster and fume. He does not yell and he does not scream. He simply invites him to come. Jesus' patience is one that just amazes me. (laughs) I'm dumbfounded by the impatience that I show. (laughs) But I am amazed by the patience that our Lord proves. That he does not rebuke, he does not send back, that he simply invites Peter to come. And when Peter begins to fail and flail and begins to sink down into his very troubles, when he who now just questioned, if it is you, let's just assume that it's you. When Peter stepped out, not in faith, but in challenge, that it is Jesus who reaches down that mighty and loving hand and pulls him up and holds him in his care. 
because Jesus came to save us, to save us from all of our wavering faith and our meandering prayers and from all of those places where we think that we could try to do it ourselves. That I don't know for you where it is that you are feeling like the water is going over your head. I don't know what it is in your life, whether it's family life or work life or some sort of issue or problem that you just feel that you are sinking. It's just too great. It's just too big. It's just too much. And Lord, if it is you, then do. (laughs) But what does our God promise us today? That He is the one who comes and invites us out into the very deep waters that will stretch our faith and grow our knowledge of Him. It is Him who grabs us and holds us and saves us, that He is the one who indeed in the midst of the flooding waters rips us out and takes us to Himself. That for you, that in those waters of baptism that God reached down His mighty hand and said, you are mine. I will not let you go. (laughs) That when those waters of baptism washed over you, that he drowned and killed that old sinful self and indeed now raises you up to new life, new faith, new hope in him. That I don't know where it is that you feel like you are sinking. But look to that mighty hand of him who promises that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, that I am here. Do not be afraid. Take heart. It is I. That I have defeated death, that I have took your punishment for sins, that I have risen from the dead, and there is now nothing that can separate you from my protection, my love, my care. Then may He grant you this day and every day that very promise that He holds you in His loving and caring hand. And may He grant to you this day that peace of God that surpasses all understanding that guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.